Well, disappointed, uh, not able to win tonight. Um, and again, in front of our crowd, great, great support all the way through. And, uh, you know, gave us an added advantage tonight. We couldn't take advantage of it. And This is the Sports Yak Podcast on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. I'm Jimmy Shorts. Sports Yak is brought to you by Rabbit Wigs. Put that rabbit in a wig. Call for a fitting today. 574-RABBITS. Here's Chuck and Corey. What, what do they don't use their last names? Now they're, they're that popular. They just go Chuck and Corey. Use your last names, guys, for a couple of years at least. Episode 79 of Sports Yak. Greetings and salutations. My name is Corey Mann. With me, as always, the co-host with the most, Chuck Freebie. Welcome to the Harvey Martin episode. Harvey Martin, a defensive end on those great Dallas Cowboy teams of the 1970s. You had Ed Too Tall Jones at one end and Harvey Too Mean Martin at the other. He was the MVP of Super Bowl Twelve. Harvey Martin. Yes. That sounds like a 60s sitcom starring Harvey Martin. Not to be confused <laughs> with Harvey Corman. Yeah. Let's uh let's get uh, Indiana basketball out of the way. Well, Wichita State did a pretty good job of that last night. 73-63, Greg Marshall's Shockers go into Assembly Hall and end the Hoosier season. IU finishes up. Remember, this was a team that was 12 and 3 at one point. They finished the year 19 and 16. Romeo Langford did not play at all in the NIT. They say it was because of a back problem. We will see if Romeo decides to return to Bloomington next year or forego his last three years of college to take on the NBA. Let's play a game called Let's Pretend I'm Archie. Okay. okay. You're you're done with the season. You've got a little bit of breathing time now. Archie, sitting across from me, give me your top three things you need to work on in your basketball program. I have to find an inside presence to replace Jawan Morgan, who was just about the only inside presence on my team. I have to really get my players to be accountable for their own actions on and off the court and for putting this team first. And I need an answer from Romeo Langford because I need to know what direction I'm going with this team. To be honest, Corey, offensively at times in this NIT tournament, not necessarily last night against Wichita State because shots weren't dropping, I thought the ball movement of the Hoosiers were better. They weren't standing around waiting for Romeo to do something. They were playing more team basketball. And this is something that IU is going to have to do. They don't have any superstars. I think Devontae Green could be one. Mm -hmm. I think Devontae Green could be a 20-point scorer in the Big Ten. But he's too inconsistent right now. That's not surprising. I think Rob Finnessy can be a really good point guard, but he's only a freshman and he had concussion problems this year. Not trying to make excuses for the Hoosiers. They didn't play well in the months of January and February. Didn't deserve to be in the NCAA and didn't make the finals of the NIT. But quite frankly, there are a lot of question marks on this team. You can't blame Archie for going out and getting Romeo Langford, but in my eyes, he was a disappointment this year. 
And if you are a lot like me and you're listening right now and you want to push back, the decision he has to make is going into the NBA draft or sticking around. If you're Archie Miller and he asks your advice, you would say, If I'm Archie Miller, I wonder if Romeo Langford is the answer or the problem. So that might affect how I answer that question. If I believe he is truly a team player, if I believe that Romeo Langford is truly somebody that can help Indiana University, my own personal recommendation to him would be to come back, not for IU, not for Archie Miller, but because I don't think Romeo Langford proved in his freshman year that he's ready for the NBA. Now, if I'm Archie Miller and I think, you know, a lot of our problems stem from Romeo and all the attention that was given to him and the fact that our players didn't really play as well with him in the lineup as I think they could have, maybe I say, okay, if you want to try the NBA, go ahead. Go ahead, and we'll uh, hit the reset button here in Bloomington. Yeah. Okay. One of the more fun games here locally, the McDonald's All-Star Game, I'm I'm – slightly upset I missed this. I've been to a couple before, and it's it's quite the uh, shootout. We'll talk about where else we both were last night, but uh, your report from that game. Well, the, the dunk fest that is normally the boys' game was that once again last night, and the gray squad beats the red squad, 145-142. Used to be in this game they had the city kids play more of the county kids. Okay. And... Um, that used to be the way you could divide up the teams. Now now they mix and match so much it's you just have to say what color uniform guys are wearing. By the way, who is they? Well, the, I would assume the organizers of the game, okay. which would be the local McDonald's, the coaches that help out, okay, and uh, the folks over at Bethel College. Uh, the interim coach, Drew Schaus, and his staff kind of take control of this team. Okay. So... That said, uh, some outstanding individual performances last night. Noah Applegate, I think, had 39 points and 19 rebounds for the Red Squad. J.R. Konesny had 39 points. Jaden Ivey hit the game-winning shot in overtime. He had 25 for the Grays. And so 145-142 the final. Lots of big dunks. I think I saw one where Jaden Ivey went between the legs and then jammed it home. Are they uh, encouraged to put on a show in that game? They're not encouraged to play defense. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it It's very much get out and show what you can do and go up and down the floor. And, oh, I see somebody's coming down the floor and they're looking like they're going for a dunk. I'm not necessarily going to go contest that. On the girls' side? On the girls' side, the uh, the gray girls, gray got a sweep last night over the red, 89-82. Morgan Litweiler out of Northridge High School had a really good game for the grays, scored 21 points. K.K. Weaver from Marion led the Reds with 19. I think Riley Ott from the Red Squad had 17. The girls' game, more of a three-point shooting contest. Uh, the guys' game is more of a dunk contest. Let's keep our hands on the basketball. This program was recorded on Wednesday morning. Thursday night, we're back into the NC2A uh, tournament with Purdue. Yeah, let's just talk about the Thursday night games. Purdue has a a tough assignment in taking on Tennessee. Remember that Tennessee at one time this season was ranked number one. Rick Barnes, veteran coach, has a terrific NBA caliber player and, and a great name in Admiral Schofield. And the question is, can Purdue generate enough offense 
Will Carson Edwards have the kind of night that he had against Villanova where he was hitting everything in sight? There are times where Carson Edwards really struggles with his shot, and then where do the points come from for the Boilermakers? So Tennessee, the favorite in this one, they are the two seed. Purdue is the three seed. We'll see how this one unfolds in the South Regional tomorrow night at 7.30. Pre-game on 103.1 begins at 6.30. The winner of that game plays the winner of Virginia and Oregon. Oregon, a 12 seed, has managed to knock off Wisconsin, and then all they had to do was beat UC Irvine, who already had taken care of Kansas State. Now Oregon has to deal with the Virginia team that just seems to have these sluggish starts and then comes from behind. They did that against both Gardner-Webb and Oklahoma, and now they'll see if they can advance to the Elite Eight with a win over the Ducks. It's a uh, chess game with college basketball coaches, assistant coaches. What's what's the latest update around there? Well, Purdue is going to lose one of its longtime assistants to Matt Painter. Greg Gary has got the job at Mercer College, and he'll be named there. Uh, the big moves in college coaching yesterday, Dave Rose at BYU stepped down after 14 years, just said that he didn't have the fire for it anymore. Tim Miles was dismissed at Nebraska. A lot of people think the former Bulls coach, Fred Hoiberg, is going to get that job. And then Mike Anderson dismissed at Arkansas. Uh, some people think that Kelvin Sampson, who's currently now at Houston, will move into the SEC and take over the Razorbacks program. Luckily, Wa- yeah. wanted to talk about two more of the college games oh, tomorrow night in the yeah. NCAA tournament. Because out west in Anaheim, Michigan... John Beeline's team, Mm -hmm. the number two seed, takes on number three seed Texas Tech. I can tell you one thing about this game. Points are going to be at a premium because both these teams play terrific defense. And so if you like watching fundamental basketball and you like watching defenses get up in a guy's grill and play good, solid team defense, you're going to enjoy watching this game. The other game out there, Gonzaga taking on Florida State. Remember, Uncle Chuck told you Florida State's going to the Final Four. In order to do that, they've got to knock off the top-seeded Gonzaga Bulldogs. But I just like the depth that Leonard Hamilton has with this Florida State team, and so I'm going to stick with Florida State in that game. John Boyd is out after 10 years at Michigan City, 124 games there, which sounds pretty good. But the fact of the matter is Michigan City has not won a sectional since 1993. And in a lot of those seasons, I think people felt like John had talent and didn't get the most out of it. It's a difficult situation over at Michigan City as it is in many urban school systems in that a coach has to play father figure lots of times for these players. And that's something that a lot of people widely regard John at being very good at uh, whether he was as good with the X's and O's, obviously they've evaluated and said, no, we feel like uh, he's not the guy anymore. So we'll see uh, what direction Michigan City goes with that. But some definite changes in the Doonland Conference this year when you look at T.J. Lux out of Merrillville and now John Boyd at Michigan City, the complexion of that ch- conference is changing somewhat. Let's segue into the NFL season, some rule changes. Well, the NFL owners had their meetings yesterday and voted 31-1, to basically on something being pushed by the New Orleans Saints. Shocking after that playoff game. Remember in the shocking playoff game for the Saints where there was a, a, a pass thrown 
anybody watching the game on TV said, oh, that's pass interference. Mm -hmm. Flag wasn't thrown, and because the rule last year said, well, that's not reviewable. Is that with the Patriots? uh, No, that was the Saints-Rams game. Rams, sorry. So because the rule said, well, we can't review that, uh, the call stood, and the Saints wind up losing the game to the Rams. So now the NFL has said pass interference is the one penalty that is reviewable, both offensive and defensive, and you can even do it on a non-call. Now, in the last two minutes of a game, as that Saints game was, that call will be made by officials upstairs in the replay booth. They'll buzz down and say, hey, we see something here. We think we need to review it. During the other 58 minutes of the game, that call has to be made by a head coach on the sidelines, but you have to remember he only has two challenges, maximum three. In other words, if he gets two challenges right, he'll get a third one. But he only has two challenges, so you kind of have to pick and choose where you're going to use this at. You know, Do you use it on a, on a third down pass early in the game, which might get you a first down and keep momentum? Or do you keep that in your hip pocket? I, these are tough decisions for coaches to have to make as you go through a game. What do you think about that? You, you get the third one if you get the first two right. What a bonus. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, much deserved, though. If you've challenged two calls and you have proven the officials wrong on both calls, yeah, it, to me, you should get a third and a fourth. You should get <laughs> Sports Yak! Sports Yak, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Follow the Yak on Twitter at Sports Yak with two Ks. But the second case, Simon. Well, baseball season starts tomorrow, Corey. I gave you a homework assignment you on did. the last yak. I don't know if you executed your homework assignment or not. But let's talk about each division of baseball and pick a winner for each division. And then, First of all, let's start with the American League East. You've got basically the Yankees and the Red Sox battling it out, it would appear. I pick the Red Sox because I cannot stand the Yankees. Okay, well, that's see, my that, logic. There's, that's perfectly fine logic to use. Mm-hmm. I am taking the Yankees because I think that all the moves they've made in the offseason are enough to put them over the top, and, and I like the depth of their pitching. American League Central. A lot of people think this boils down to a battle between the Indians and the Twins. I pick the Twins. Interesting. In my mind, the Indians still have the best starting pitching in the division. I think the Twins will give them a good run this year, uh, but I'm going to go with the Indians. I think the Twins might still be a year away from dethroning the Tribe in the AL Central. Let's talk about the American League West, which features the Houston Astros and the Oakland A's. I chose the Astros for the West, and I put uh, the Athletics in my wild card. Good job, because the Athletics did win 97 games last year. A lot of people tend to forget that. But, man, it's tough to pick against the Astros. They've, they've got Verlander. They've got just all kinds of pitching and a lineup that can just sting you in just about every position. That's a really good ball club and one that a lot of people think might win the World Series this year. I feel like Verlander is the type of guy where he's really good and the other guys kind of want to step up and be 
as good as or get to his level, so they try harder. That's where my thinking was. You took the A's as a wild card. Who's your other wild card? Yankees. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, And the Red Sox would be mine. Okay, National League, Eastern Division. Boy, this is a pretty good division. You got the Nationals, the Phillies, the Braves, and the Mets in there. Who'd you go with? For the East, I went Phillies. Mm-hmm. For the Central, I went Cubs, obviously. So far, you and I agree. For the West, I went the Dodgers. And for the wild card, I went uh, Nationals or Cardinals. Well, both you could have two wild cards, so yeah. Nationals and Cardinals. Yes. West was what Dodgers. Yes. So you don't have Milwaukee as a wild card. I do not have Milwaukee on there. Okay. I do not like Milwaukee. Do you like Milwaukee less than you like St. Louis? That's very close. Yes, I'm sure. Yes. I feel like over the past few years, Milwaukee has become more of a problem than St. Louis has. Well, over the past couple of years, they have been, but I, Cardinals made some nice adjustments yeah. in the offseason. The, the signing of Paul Goldschmidt really gives some pop into their lineup. And I'll tell you, Goldschmidt has been a guy that has killed the Cubs over the years. Mm-hmm. And a horrible 007 villain. Yes. Goldschmidt. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I do like the Phillies in the East. Man, I'm looking forward, though. There are some great matchups in the East this year. Opening day, you've got the Nationals playing the match. You have Max Scherzer facing Jacob deGrom. Probably the two best pitchers in the National League going head-to-head on opening day. What what a delicious confrontation. And then you're going to have all those times with Harper being in the division three times, he's going to go into Washington, his former town, and have to face the Nationals. And that's going to be a lot of fun this year to watch as well. And I think the Braves are are an up-and-coming team that could give a lot of teams some fits in that division. National League Central is just a meat grinder. I'll tell you what, the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Brewers, you could make a case for any one of those teams winning the division. I picked the Cubs more with my heart than my head. If I were picking with my head, I'd go with Milwaukee because I really like their bullpen. I think their bullpen is as good as any in Major League Baseball. The Cardinals are going to be better than what they've been. And I'll tell you what, the Reds are going to be better than what they've been too. And I like the addition of Yasiel Puig in Cincinnati this year. National League West, yes, I go with the Dodgers, but I think there's some questions about the health of Clayton Kershaw the health of Walker Bueller. Keep your eye on the Colorado Rockies, especially with the signing of Nolan Arenado. What kind of year is he going to have this year uh, with it not being a free agent year, with him being secured? Will he be as good as what he's been? If he is, the Rockies could be a team. If they don't win the division, they can certainly make some noise in that wild card race. Exciting news for Cubs fans. Through 2023, we'll have a chance to see if Kyle Hendricks actually breaks into tears. That's how I feel, how he looks every time he leaves the mound, like he's about to cry about something. I just really like Kyle Hendricks. Oh, he, I like him. He reminds me a lot of Greg Maddox Yeah, in the in the way that he pitches. Not a guy with the electric fastball, but just kind of picks you apart, that professorial look from the Ivy League School of Dartmouth. And uh, I think Hendricks is a valuable piece of that rotation going forward. He's only 29 years old, so you figure he's still got four good years left in that arm, and that's what the Cubs gave him as an extension. The other big news yesterday in terms of baseball, 
for our regional teams, the fact that the White Sox have Eloy Jimenez on the opening day roster. You know, there's a uh, there's a thing, Corey, in Major League Baseball where if you don't start the year with the parent ball club and you don't get brought up until I think it's May the 1st, that does not count as a full year of service for your Major League team. Okay. And so teams will use that for arbitration or free agency. The Cubs did it with Chris Bryant. They didn't bring him up until a certain point of the season so that he didn't get that full year of service because after five full years of service, you're eligible for free agency. Well, you have like four and seven-eighths. I'm sorry, you can't be a free agent. You have to play for us one more year. And that's a, a ball club's way of exercising control. While the White Sox, when they signed Eloy Jimenez to the seven-year $43 million deal, despite the fact that he had never played Major League Baseball before, we, we talked about that. That was the biggest contract ever given to a guy who had never played Big League Baseball. <laughs> well, they did it for a reason. And the reason is, well, now we've got him locked up for seven years. It doesn't matter if it the whole free agency thing. Let's bring him up. Let's put him on the opening day roster and let's go. On this episode 79, and as I reflect on our friendship, as I had to last night for this award we'll ah. talk about. We've known each other since 91, but we've worked closely together since 2009, 10 years now. Yes. I have a bucket list request. Mm. I would like to travel to Chicago with my friend to take in an actual Chicago Cubs game this season. Oh, okay. Does that mean we have hanger-ons, wives, kids, other whoever sure but you and well, i not necessarily you and i sitting together at a cubs game is officially now on my bucket list it, it doesn't have to involve anybody else it can okay. just be us i think that would be uh awesome and i'm asking you now make it so number one that was a star trek reference okay how'd that go i'm glad you clarified that for <laughs> me because that went buzzing right over my head like the enterprise speaking of star trek Next, One of us was. Next Friday in Grand Rapids, William Shatner is hosting the Wrath of Khan viewing and a Q&A afterwards at DeVos Hall. You know what I want to hear. Don't you people have lives? <laughs> so last night, uh, uh, right after Sports Yak on Monday, Bob Nagel, whom you may know, popped in, said there's a little bit of a conundrum. He had a baseball game that he would be PA announcing uh, with Notre Dame on. It's a paying gig. Tuesday night? It's a paying gig. So Bob doesn't want to leave money on the table, and I don't blame him. So he asked me to step off the bench and introduce Chuck for the Forrest Woody Miller Award last night at St. Andrews, the smaller Golden Dome of South Bend, Indiana. Yes, indeed. Um, to which I, uh, we belong, our family belongs to a pool right by there, and we kind of point and go, there's the Golden Dome. <laughs> <clears throat> what a delightful opportunity, privilege, and pleasure to hand that award to you and to hear your peers and the South Bend Athletic community uh, clap and applaud for you. It was a very nice and warm ovation and very uh, receptive audience. Uh, hopefully I touched on everything that, that needed to be touched on. Uh, if you're wondering, hey, did Chuck make any remarks about the athletic situations up in? No. No, I did not. I There's a time and a place for everything, and that was not the time nor the place. I did not want to be an ungracious guest, mm -hmm. uh, and I was their guest. 
And all the players of that story were in the room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, including, uh, you know, the MC was the guy that's losing his job as the corporation AD, C.B. Gavin. I shook the new superintendent's hand three times. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say not by choice. He was just very forward, very political. Mm -hmm. He, He was working that room. Yes, he was. So there's that. It's a nice award. Where does it go on the shelf of other awards? You know, well, first of all, uh, a lot of the awards I get, I'm able to post on the wall. They're in the form of a plaque. Yes. This is more of a a glass. A decorative coffee uh, coffee table kind of vibe. Yeah. Paperweight. Uh, bigger than a paperweight, uh, a glass rectangle. Do you stand Thick it up or do you glass. lay it down? I would, I would almost think you have to stand it up. But it's a little scary to stand it up because you're afraid it's going to fall and break. Yes. Uh, it's thick, though, so I'm not sure how you know how much it's going to break, uh, and I don't want to find out. Right. I'd also take it up a notch and maybe put a light bulb behind it to really give it some illumination. Well, that might have to happen. But, you know, shine uh, your name up on the uh, ceiling well, of your house. Yeah. I Just I'm honored to have my name tied in with a guy like Woody Miller. For those of you who may not remember or who are too young to remember, Woody Miller was an outstanding sports writer for the South Bend Tribune, obviously did a lot of coverage of high school sports, probably better known by some for his coverage of Notre Dame men's basketball, but he also covered events that nobody else would. He covered Notre Dame women's basketball pre-Muffet when there was nobody in the stands, and he has sat with me at a number of Notre Dame baseball games when there was nobody in the stands. Uh, just a great guy, very straightforward, um, you know, buzz cut, not known for sartorial splendor, uh, not not necessarily an electric personality, very dry wit, uh, and his stories would be very objective, very straight shooter stories. And uh, to have my name somehow tied in with his is a very humbling honor. Well, last night I felt like we are doing the right thing on Fridays by allowing you to voice your expertise and leaving a legacy if you're paying attention to Sportscasters Camp to the point where I got to find somebody who will dictate all that stuff you say and turn it into a book at the end of the year. please. I'm telling you, man, you're on to something. No one else is doing that. No one else. No one. There's a reason for that. No, well, <laughs> you just wait. Sports You know, the one thing that I'm curious about in the NBA, as I looked at the standings this morning, the Pistons have lost a couple in a row. The last time we mentioned them on this show, they were number six in the playoff race. They are down to seven, only a half game ahead of number eight, and only a game ahead of the Miami Heat, who are number nine in the NBA Eastern Conference. And obviously, if the Pistons fall to number nine, they're out of the playoffs. So Detroit is struggling right now against some of these West Coast teams, and they'd better right the ship and write it in a hurry. Now, I think Dwayne Casey has done a marvelous job there this year with the Pistons, just making them a playoff contender. But that's he wasn't hired to make them a playoff contender. He was hired to make them a playoff team, and we will see if they can do that. They are 37-37 and right now. Then you look at the NBA's Western Conference. 
there is just a two-game difference between fifth and eighth in the NBA West, and that's really going to decide how these playoff matches are going to be. The Clippers clinched a playoff spot with their 45th win. Utah is sixth. Oklahoma City is seventh. And San Antonio is eighth. Boy, wouldn't that be a heck of a series with San Antonio and Golden State in the first round. That would be something to watch. Uh, So the Western Conference, granted, that seems to be where most of the talent is. And that's the one that's going to grip a lot of interest when the playoffs start. The other interesting topic in the NBA that I see being bantied about, who's your MVP this year? This year. Is it Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks, or is it James Harden of the Houston Rockets? Personally, I think it's Harden, even though I think Antetokounmpo has had a really good year. I think Harden probably means more to the Rockets, given the injuries they've had this year, than Antetokounmpo means to the Bucks. And one wonders if all of the branding and advertisements play into an MVP title. I see James Harden on candy at 7-Eleven in the morning. I see uh, Harden on a very funny in uh, insurance commercial now where he burns the kitchen down and you can see his outline with his beard. You don't see uh, Giannis? Giannis. You don't see him on anything. Well, he's in Milwaukee. That's why. Still, if he's an MVP, you know, you, well, you push the brand. And... No, Christian Yelich was the MVP of the National League last year playing for the Milwaukee Brewers. Where have you seen Christian Yelich's name in the offseason? Nowhere. Nowhere. He's in Milwaukee. It's Milwaukee, which, by the way, means the good land. Which apparently is barely in the United States <laughs> based on name recognitions. We should rewind and talk about Notre Dame baseball. Pretty interesting stat from last night. They stole 14 bases in the game against Chicago State last night, Corey. Here's the interesting thing. They only scored six runs. They're stealing all these bases, but apparently they couldn't steal home. They couldn't get a lot of those guys there because they still only won 6-3 to three over Chicago State. So they're 10-12 and 12 now, and they go on the road to Georgia Tech this weekend to take on the Yellow Jack. That's everything on our list. It is. Uh, if you'd like to see a picture of Chuck... And his lovely bride, check out the Sports Yak Instagram page, at Sports Yak, with two Ks. And that's all we have for this episode. Programming note, next week, we're going to take a week off. It's spring break. No yaks on spring break. No yak whatsoever, but we'll come back fully barrel-loaded with our 80s episode. Oh. We will have a yak for you on Friday. Absolutely. And Sportscasters Camp. Maybe for the 80s episodes, we could talk about what happened in that particular year. Because I love me some 80s. Oh, I know you do. Actually, I think for the 80s episodes. And we should have been doing this now that we got into the 60s and 70s. See, this is how you can tell we haven't thought these things out. Like our favorite song from that year? Yes. Oh, Thanks for listening. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And as always, Ooga-Looga. Ooga-Looga. This is the Sports Yak Podcast. The following has been brought to you by Rabbit Wigs and the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You've been listening to Sports Yak, all sports information. All that you've just been heard has been copywritten. Don't steal any of this stuff. This is Jimmy Shorts. That's good. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.